Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. The Athletic. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the Athletic FPL podcast. I'm Mark McGettigan. You can find me on Twitter at FPL General. What a game week one we just experienced. The average score of 69 could easily be the highest one we see all season. If you're new to FPL Twitter this year, don't fall into the trap of thinking this game is easy. I'm sure Gaming 2 will bring us crashing back down to earth. In today's podcast, I'll be running through the Game Week 1 headlines and shoutouts, reviewing my Game Week, revealing my new watch list, answering Twitter questions and discussing Game Week 2 captaincy and transfers. There will be another Athletic FPL podcast on Friday as well. It's two a week this season, so make sure you hit the subscribe button so you get a notification when it's released. If you'd like to become an Athletic subscriber, visit theathletic.com forward slash FPL pod to get 33% off an annual subscription. In doing so, you'll get ad-free versions of this podcast. The Game Week 1 headlines, it was a case of new season, same old Arsenal on Friday night as newly promoted Brentford beat them 2-0. It was the Bruno and Pogba show for Manchester United as they hammered Leeds 5-1 in Saturday's early kickoff. Fernandez scoring a hat-trick for a 20-pointer and Pogba providing 4 assists on his way to a 16-pointer. Those who captained Mo Salah needed him to deliver after Bruno's big performance and the Egyptian didn't disappoint scoring and getting two assists in the 3-0 win at Norwich. Youngman Son was the match winner at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium as Nuno Espirito Santo got the better of Pep Guardiola in his first game in charge. On a weekend of great games, one of the best ones was at St James's Park between Newcastle and West Ham. The Hammers winning at 4-2. Popular pre-season pick side Ben Rama and Mikel Antonio racked up 25 points between them and that was despite Antonio missing a penalty. Elsewhere, Jamie Vardy, a.k.a. Benjamin Button, scored a great goal against Wolves. Ismail Assar was very impressive in Watford's win over Aston Villa. Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison did the damage as Everton beat Southampton. And Chelsea beat Crystal Palace comfortably despite being without quite a few first-team regulars. Game Week 1 shoutouts now. So for new listeners of the podcast, every week I take a look at the minutes played over the weekend. And I pick out the players who manage just 59 minutes. So those players that were just you know, seconds away from getting an extra FPL point. Or sometimes two points if the team was keeping a clean sheet. Or even more if you're a defender. So welcome the first member to the 59th minute club this season. Welcome to Aston Villa's Anwar El Ghazi. 59 minutes, one point. And we must thank Dean Smith, us Danny Ings owners. Because El Ghazi wasn't on the pitch, Danny Ings got to take that late penalty. Notable mentions this week for Diogo Jota and Oxlade-Chamberlain at Liverpool. 
Jota owners got eight points, but they were just, I think it was seven seconds away from getting just six points. I think a, a few people sent me screenshots of the clock. It was 60 and seven seconds. So, you know, very, very lucky. Jota got the clean sheet point and he got the extra point for just about making it to 60 minutes. I think he took his time walking off. So Jota, Jota knows what he's doing here. He knows he knows he needs to get the 60 for the FPL managers. And just one more mention this week. Actually, two, two guys who were taken off at half time so managed just 45 minutes Matt targeted Aston Villa who had a really tough game up against Saar two goals conceded a zero pointer for target and also Rodrigo at Leeds he had a very disappointing first half against Manchester United he managed just 45 for a one pointer so every weekend keep an eye on the clock if you're watching a game those players that get substituted between 59 and 60 make sure you send me a tweet so i don't miss any of those a quick review of how game week one went for me uh, 93 points in game week one if you offered me 93 points before the game week i would have snapped your hand off and i would have thought it would have been one of the best scores out there but if if you're like me and you've been on twitter this week it feels like 93 actually doesn't feel amazing because a lot of people got over 100 points. People are hitting 110 and 120. So it's been a brilliant start to the season for a lot of people. Well done if you're in the 100 club. It doesn't happen very often. It might actually be the only time you get there this season outside of the double gaming. So well done. Enjoy every minute of it this week. Milk it because FPL isn't always like that. I ended up going Jack Grealish. On last week's podcast, I was talking about five options for that midfield spot. There was Grealish, Gundogan, Harvey Barnes, Greenwood and Ben Rama. Greenwood was actually winning the race on Friday morning. About four o'clock on Friday, I just had a good think about it and decided I wanted to go Grealish instead. That was my, my gut was telling me. I knew I would have been tempted to do Greenwood to Grealish this week anyway because of the Manchester City-Norwich fixture. So obviously Greenwood scored, which... I was happy as a Manchester United fan, but I was unhappy because I took him out of my team. But I'm not going to judge it on one game week. Grealish will get the Norwich game for me and hopefully he can do the business and come out on top of Greenwood over the course of those first two game weeks. Obviously, Ben Rama did really well. I never really strongly considered him because I, I did say it doesn't really suit my strategy of playing it quite safe in game week one. But what a performance. Well done if you have him. And he's certainly in my thoughts. You know, If he can have a decent game week two, there's a very good chance I'll go for him in game week three. So yeah, Grealish over those guys didn't work out great. But I mean, I could have went Barnes or Gundogan uh, and that would have been you know, not great either. So you know, only two out of the five delivered the points at the weekend. One of the main reasons I, w- I went Grealish over the likes of Greenwood was I really wanted to bank a transfer this week. And I knew if I didn't have a Manchester City player which a lot of the questions are focused on this week, is I would have wanted to get one and I would have been less likely to bank. So now that I've got my Manchester City midfielder, I'm quite happy to go into the Norwich game with just Jack Grealish and I am looking to bank that transfer this week. I want to do that as often as possible this season. So then when it comes to game week three, I'm a lot more flexible. So the good and the bad from my game week, the good, Salah captain, Bruno 20 points, Antonio and Ings, the two strikers doing the business. So hopefully Antonio and Ings can be set and forget options for you know large parts of the season. The key with those two, as we know, is injury. So hopefully both of them can stay fit. Uh, Ings didn't have a great game. I think the penalty was his only shot. But hopefully the next game at home in front of the fans will be much better. Double up Liverpool defence paid off. Trent and Shimakas. Thank you, Alisson, because Alisson made a big, big save towards the end of that game to preserve the clean sheet. 
Good to see Schimmick has taken corners. I think he took seven in the game. So that's a good sign for the 4 million guy. 4.1 now. His price has already gone up. The bad, Sanchez in goal. I mean, he was close to a clean sheet. Conceded a set-piece goal from Tarkowski, which probably should have been a free kick, in my opinion. Uh, just bundled over Mopai. So we're quite close to a Sanchez clean sheet there. So hopefully they will come. Luke Shaw, Rafinha and Jack Grealish all managed to get themselves booked in my team. So all of them got one-pointers. And Tony, disappointing two-pointer in the win. But it was good to see Brentford get the win. So obviously I didn't buy Tony just for one game week. He will get another couple of games for me most likely. The one worrying thing from that game was Tony didn't have any shots. But again, it's only one week of information. Let's hope he's much better in game week two. Having watched a few games at the weekend and also caught up on all of the highlights on Match of the Day, I built a new watch list for the season. So I think there's 31 players on this. I usually tend to keep it at about 25 to 30 players and I will update this watch list every week on the podcast on the Tuesday episode. So I don't keep goalkeepers on the watch list because there's no point really. I'm not really going to change that position too much this season. So starting off with defenders, this is there's no particular order here. They're actually just ordered in terms of price. So there's no you know players higher or lower in my thoughts in terms of this list. So defenders, first of all, Cancelo, three shots and three chances created in that game against Tottenham. Luca Dean, Ricardo Pereira, Harry Maguire. So I've got Luke Shaw, but I'm open to the Manchester United double up in defence at some point, especially with Varane coming in there. I think there should be plenty of clean sheets. Close to a clean sheet at the weekend if it wasn't for Ailing's Worldy. Cresswell got his goal at the weekend. You know, very good season last season. So he, he was in my thoughts before the season. He, he's certainly still in my thoughts as well, as is his teammate, Sufal. Sufal put a great cross in for Antonio. Uh, the header hit the post. That was just before the penalty. So Cresswell and Sufal, I think, are very good options. Kieran Tierney. Arsenal were disappointing, but Tierney was a bit of a shining light in terms of FPL. Six chances created and three shots in that game. So promising numbers for Tierney there. Matt Ritchie caught my eye at Newcastle. Four chances created. And from the eye test, he was popping up in the box quite often. Um, he got an assist. I think he had a volley from the edge of the box. And there was one occasion where St. Maximin put a ball across the box and I presumed it was going to be Wilson in the six-yard box, but it was actually Matt Ritchie, so he's one to keep an eye on. Regulon at Spurs, five million. Like the look of him under Nuno this season, particularly when they kept Manchester City scoreless and he was bombing forward as he usually does. Charlie Taylor at Burnley, who I always like. There was one occasion on match of the day where Taylor, I've seen him in a position where I don't think I've ever seen him before. He was quite central, breaking into the box. And he was pulled down. He actually nearly won a penalty. It was just on the edge of the box. So Taylor, I think, will be decent at 4.5 this season. Mason Holgate at Everton is on my watch list because he started. But he's probably the least likely of all 30 players here to make it into my team. Because I still don't know if he'll be first choice. Um, you know, with Godfrey and Mina and Keane, there's lots of centre-back options there. So I wouldn't buy Holgate yet. But let's see if he can get three or four starts under Benitez. And then we can start thinking about him. And the final two defenders on the watch list, two 4 million options. Uh, Livermento at Southampton and Hoover at Wolves. Now, 4 million defenders, they're a bit of a trap in FPL. You know, Shimakas won't play all season. And I, I think these guys are at risk as well. Livermento will be under pressure from Walker-Peters and Hoover will come under pressure from Semedo. So I wouldn't go out and buy these guys yet. If you picked up Hoover game week one though, for example, 
you know, you're probably feeling quite good about it if he's on your bench. I should give the big man a mention here as well, Shane Duffy, the forgotten man of FPL. Four million started unexpectedly for Brighton because Veltman was ruled out because of COVID issues. But again, Duffy probably won't be a regular starter all season, although he did put in a very good performance. So, you know, maybe he'll he'll make that place his own again. But yeah, basically four million defenders are still a trap. And I still wouldn't have any more than one of them. But I'm just going to keep an eye on these guys, Livermento and Hoover, to see if they can stay in their teams. On to midfielders on the watch list. A couple of usual suspects here. Kevin De Bruyne, because he made a return from injury. Hyungman's son, you know, if I was making a pecking order here, Hyungman's son would definitely be in that, probably in the top three of my watch list of most wanted. Five shots on had against Manchester City. Uh, definitely in my thoughts, you know, Part of my reason of banking a transfer this week is I feel like I might need to go and get some in game week three. And it's much easier to do so if you've got two free transfers because I might need to do a bit of a, a restructure for that. He looked really good against Manchester City. Riyad Mahrez, Mason Greenwoods, Harvey Barnes. Uh, Torres have added as well because I thought he had a decent game against Tottenham. Saar, one of the most impressive performers at the weekend. Saar created four chances and also had three shots and, and passed the eye test with flying colours. I mean, Target was substituted at halftime because of how well Saar was playing against them. So I think Saar is a really attractive option uh, because he's going to play 90 minutes every week as well. Uh, ben Rama, for obvious reasons, on the watch list. Smith Rowe also, again, you know, Arsenal weren't great, but Smith Rowe is only 5.5 million, played in the number 10 role. Uh, and it could prove to be value this season but I, I think Arsenal is an easy stay away just for another couple of game weeks I think they've got tough fixtures the next two anyway and final midfielder is Mbwemo from Brentford watching the highlights of that game I haven't sat down to watch the 90 minutes of that yet I will do so later in the week to watch Tony but I'm very interested in Mbwemo from the highlights You know, he showed up quite well so looking forward to watching that game in its entirety to get a proper read on this guy. I think he's 5.5 as well. So again, could be an option in midfield. Watch list forwards. Lukaku. Not really in my thoughts yet. But he is on the watch list. Just to make sure I don't forget about him. Uh, Vardy. Six shots. Five of them in the box. You know, it's a new season. Vardy's another year older. But, you know, he's showing no signs of slowing down. So Vardy is on the watch list. Calvert-Lewin. Five shots in the box. At the weekend against Southampton. What I like about Calvert-Lewin is when Townsend is in the team, basically what they're doing is give the ball to Townsend. Townsend, no matter where he is on the pitch, he sticks the ball in the box. I think uh, it was mentioned on match of the day that I think Everton's average crosses per game last season was 12. And I think they put 17 crosses into the box at the weekend. So I think that's great news for the likes of Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison. So Calvert-Lewin is much higher in my thoughts now than he was going into game week one. Patrick Bamford is on the watch list. Obviously a disappointing start to the season for Leeds, but I still think he'll be a good asset at certain points of the season. Callum Wilson, I heavily considered going for Wilson over Tony, game week one. Let's see if Tony can catch up in terms of points over the next couple of game weeks. Wilson is on the watch list, as is Jimenez. Great to see Jimenez back after that serious injury. Good underlying numbers, even though Wills lost the game. Three shots for Jimenez. Also three chances created. And this is what I always like about Jimenez. It's not just goals you're going to get from him. He does create lots of chances as well. Neil Mopai. Four shots in the box for Brighton. I think it's very important at the start of every season to draw a clean slate. A lot of us have had very negative experiences of owning Mopai in the past. 
what if I was a new player to the game this season and I'd never seen the Premier League before I would be thinking Mopai looked really good at the weekend so that's the way I'm trying to think about it he's on my watch list he's a good price uh, and finally Adam Armstrong at Southampton I didn't expect him to start but he went straight in got a great goal really nice finish and he had three shots in the box in that game so again if Tony disappoints in three or four game weeks time if we're looking to sell Tony we've got players like Armstrong Mopai, you know, maybe Pookie as well. So there is options out there. All of the stats mentioned there are from Fantasy Football Hub. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Twitter questions now. First one this week is from Yala Leopard. Is getting Ben Rama for Rafinha too knee-jerk or getting in early on, on a form player for one that did not impress and may miss game week four, possibly more if he travels to Brazil. So yeah, there's I'll touch on that first. There's there's some concerns over certain players who will be traveling to South America to play their international games. I think Salah could be an issue as well traveling to Egypt because these countries are on the red list. And I think 
if they're on the red list, players would have to self-isolate in a hotel for 10 days if the rules don't change between now and then. So there's probably going to be some COVID issues ahead, but I don't think it should influence your decisions too much at the moment. Uh, the question is, should you get Ben Rama if you have Rafinha? So I'm in this position. I've got Rafinha. He was disappointing, but you know I didn't buy Rafinha for one game week. Uh, and I really want to bank a transfer. I think it's probably better to bank a transfer in this scenario. I mean, Rafinha had a very good chance at the end of that game, should have scored it, and if he did, you know, this question wouldn't be coming in this week. Ben Rama obviously had a very good game week one, but he's got a tough fixture against Leicester this game week. So, I mean, Ben Rama looks brilliant, but it was one game week. So I want to give him another week, bank myself a transfer. If, if Ben Rama performs well again, even if he doesn't score or assist, if he just passes the eye test, then yes, I'm much happier to you know get on him after two game weeks of information rather than just one. So I always value you know banking a transfer very very highly. So Benrahma looks good, but I would give Rafinha another game. I mean Leeds are at home this week; they're going to have the fans back in. We could see a completely different Leeds team this weekend. I think it's Everton they've got. A couple of related questions now, so I'll do them together. Sean Henderson. Are Manchester City assets essential for game week two? Sean doesn't have any City and he's looking to roll a transfer if possible. So on that one, I think if I didn't have any Manchester City players, yes, it would be really nice to have one of them or more for the Norwich fixture. But I do still think banking a transfer is very valuable when we're this early in the season. You know, Get yourself you know, another week's worth of information and then be really flexible for game week three. The thing about City, if you're going to buy a midfielder this week, which one do you buy? Do you buy Mares? Do you buy Grealish? You know, it's it's still, you know, Torres, it's still a bit of a lottery. It's still, you know, trying to predict who's going to get the points is quite difficult. And, you know, Community Shield and against Spurs, City didn't look great. So maybe it's going to take them a bit of time to get up to speed this season. So if I was in a scenario right now where I didn't have a Man City player, I still think I'd be banking the transfer. But again, it's a tough one, that. The, the next one is from Daryl B. What's the Manchester City plan and what's the Sun plan after? Is it worth ignoring City, saving the free transfer and getting onto Sun in game week three? So yeah, this this is my feeling. I think if I think about Manchester City assets and I think about Sun, I ask myself, who do I think is going to be more important this season? And at the moment, going on his performance in game week one, I think it's going to be Sun. I think if Sun has a big game week two, I think we're all going to be scrambling to get him, those of us who don't already have him. So that's why, and obviously he's quite tricky to get at 10 million. So I think that's why I'd be ignoring City this week with a view to maybe needing to get Son in game week three because he's got Watford game week three at home. He's got Crystal Palace away in game week four. So, you know, if Son does have a good game week two, we're not going to want to go without him any longer, especially with those two nice fixtures. So that's why I want to leave myself flexible, mainly with Son in mind. Question from AJ Price. With Gundogan possibly injured, who is the best replacement? Considering I have no other Man City assets, does it make sense to go for another City player for the Norwich fixture? But AJ is also thinking about Rafinha as he expects a Leeds response. So yeah, if you own Gundogan, what I would say is do nothing until you get an update. It, and it may not come until you know Thursday or Friday, but until it's confirmed that he's injured. You know, he was down at the end of the game, I think it was a shoulder injury. He was probably having a few tests yesterday or today on that. So just wait for news. Don't act until you get that news because if it turns out Gundogan's fine, 
you're going to want to keep him for the Norwich game. Yes, he was disappointing last weekend, but they all were. If you've got Gundogan and if he's going to be fit, I would just keep him. And again, I just value banking a transfer there, especially if you're going to make a sideways switch. You know, you don't want to do Gundogan to Grealish. You know, it turns out Gundogan's fine and he starts the game because Gundogan could easily do well against Norwich. So wait for news on Gundogan. If it does turn out that he's ruled out, who's the best replacement? I don't necessarily think you need to go for a Manchester City asset because they will become a headache for you anyway. I do like Rafinha. So I've noted down the options here. I think there's quite a few options at around the same price as Gundogan, but they all still have question marks in my opinion. So Jota, obvious option if you don't really have three Liverpool. But again, you know, taking off on 60 minutes, will he start against Burnley? There's certainly question marks. Greenwood, good performance game week one. Should be enough to keep his place, but there's a lot of players like Cavani and Sancho that need to fit into that squad as well. Martial will be pushing for a start also. Pogba, lots of love for Pogba this week after four assists. But you'll notice I didn't even add him to my watch list because I've got zero interest in him. He's never been a reliable fantasy pick. He won't play on the left side of attack every game. You know, I mean, if if Sancho comes in this weekend, Pogba could easily be playing, you know, beside McTominay or Fred. So Pogba, just because he got four assists in one game, doesn't mean I'm interested in him. Yeah, I'll keep an eye on him and see how he does. But I think he, he only got three assists all of last season. So Pogba is not in my thoughts. Yeah, Harvey Barnes, again, still have got slight doubts there because he only got 70 minutes. And if Leicester change system, you know, will Barnes be in all of those systems? We don't know yet. And Mason Mount just never excites me as an FPL uh, prospect. I think there's more exciting options out there. So that leads me to the cheaper guys. And I think the cheaper guys are better. So if I was selling Gundo on this week, I think there's three players I'd be looking at. Rafinha, who I've still got faith in. Ben Rama and Sar. Uh, and if I was pushed to make a decision, I think... It probably would be Ben Rama or Sar. I think those two looked really, really good game week one. Rafinha was disappointing and frustrated. I still think he'll be a good asset, but maybe that possible, you know, missing game week four would be enough to put me towards Ben Rama and Sar, who are probably safer picks long term at the moment. So yeah, I think Ben Rama and Sar are the best replacements for Gundogan if it comes to the end of the week and you need to sell him. Question from Kenneth, do we keep Mares? He's not looking good, and with the fear of Pep Roulette, not sure I can take the stress. Yeah. I mean, never judge what you know a player or a team on just one game week. You know, we're very, very early in the season. It's very easy to knee-jerk and sell a player like Mares or Grealish now, but you know, I mean we picked them in game week one more so for the game week two fixture than the game week one fixture. So if you have Mares, if you have Grealish, if you have Torres, you just keep them and you reevaluate after game week two. So if you have Mares, absolutely keep him. You know, you, uh, Kenneth mentions there he can't deal with the stress of Pep Roulette. I'll tell you what would be more stressful, Kenneth, is if, if, if he blanks game week one and you sell him and then he scores twice against Norwich. That's what real FPL stress is. So my advice to Mares owners, keep him, keep the faith and reevaluate after game week two. Question from first season FPL. Is the sensible move to get rid of a player that didn't look right in game week one, in brackets, Harvey Barnes, or bank a transfer? So again, Harvey Barnes is a tricky one, and there was a lot of questions about him this week. You know, should people sell? People are getting cold feet already. But again, I feel like I feel like a parrot here. Uh, I think it's, unless you've got major, major concerns in your team, major issues, which I don't think many people have, because there wasn't too many injuries or, you know, no red cards. I don't think there was any red cards at the weekend. So... 
Harvey Barnes, to me, is not a problem yet. I think you give him, give me two, and again, like Marius, give him one more, reevaluate. You've got another week's worth of information on every player and every team in the league, and then you're flexible. If you want to sell Harvey Barnes in game week three, you've got a lot more options then. If you've got two free transfers, you can probably upgrade him. You could probably even turn Barnes into a, a son if need be, if you don't have him. If you've got two free transfers. Yeah, I would give Harvey Barnes another week as well. Question from Marky B. Is it worth offloading Sun to get Lukaku? Absolutely not. Do not sell Sun. That is my main takeaway from this podcast. I mean, Lukaku, we don't even know if he's going to start game week two. So I am, I've got no interest in him until he's on the pitch. And we see how much game time he's going to get. So yeah, if you really want to get Lukaku, by all means do it. But don't lose Sun in the process. Question from FPL Trini. Keep Greenwood or replace him with Grealish. In that scenario, I always, you know, trust players and be loyal to players who've done well for me. So if I own Greenwood and gave me one and he got me points, I wouldn't even be thinking about selling him. I'd be keeping the faith. You know, I think he'll start again and give me two. Uh, good fixture against Southampton. So it wouldn't surprise me to see Greenwood on the score sheet again. Uh, so yeah, I would keep Greenwood and just bank the transfer. Final two questions are related. Uh, one from Late Riser. Do you reckon it's worth switching Jota to Grealish or Greenwood? So this one's trickier because Jota did get the 60-minute substitution. You know, Firmino could start against Burnley. Who knows what Klopp is going to do. Uh, but again, I think if you bought, if you picked Jota in game week one, you knew what you were getting into. You knew you were getting a rotation risk player. So you were obviously willing to, you know, to take that on the chin every game week and just be happy with whatever minutes Jota gets, whether it be 60, 70 or 20. And we know, even if it is only 20 minutes for Jota, coming on against a tired defence, he's done it many times before, getting more than one attack in return even from the bench. So, yeah, again, Jota, if you got him, give him Burnley and then see where we're at. Final question is from Tarek. What do you think about Jota, who could be benched in game week two? Do you think it's better to roll a transfer and keep him or go with City Assets. Again, I shouldn't really include this question because it's basically the same as the first one. You just keep keep Jota for Burnley, hope that he starts, and hope that he does well. So yeah, I must have said it about 15 times already on the podcast, but if you've got no issues this week, sit on your hands, don't make any transfers. Next section is Game Week 2 Captaincy. So... I mentioned the captaincy matrix last week for the first six game weeks, so I've had a look at it. For game week two, we've got Salah at home to Burnley as the number one choice. Bruno Fernandes has a good fixture away to Southampton. I really don't rate the Southampton defence, so I think Bruno could have more joy there. And obviously Manchester City play Norwich. If you've got a Manchester City asset, you might be tempted to captain them. But I don't think I would. I still think Salah and Bruno are the runaway leaders this week. I put a poll on Twitter yesterday uh, for captaincy. I put four options, Salah, Bruno, Man City attacker and other. The poll returned over 16,000 votes. So this gives us a good read on FPL Twitter in terms of captaincy this week. Mohamed Salah came out well on top, 64.9%. Bruno got 25.6%. A Manchester City attacker, 7.2%. And other, 2.3%. So this... This does reflect my thoughts as well in terms of percentages. Although, I don't think the gap between Bruno and Salah is as big as this poll suggests. Given Bruno's performance game week one, 
given the Southampton defensive setup, you know, they had Livermento making his debut. I think they had Perod playing left back, who's also pretty new. They had Stevens and Salisu centre back. And Salisu in particular was really poor for one of the goals that they conceded. So I think I think the Southampton defence is one of the weakest defences on paper in the league, which has me given Bruno some thought. But I still think I'm going to stick to the Matrix plan of Salah for one main reason, home advantage. I think home advantage was huge in game week one. I think the fans being back you know, had a bigger impact than maybe most of us expected. You know, there was mo- mostly home wins in the first game week. I think that will be the case maybe for the first couple of game weeks and then it might calm down a little bit once things are, you know, more established and back to normal. So Salah in front of a packed Anfield at home to Burnley, who, you know, conceded two goals at the weekend anyway. So I think I'll stick with Salah uh, and Bruno will be my vice captain. But I do think Salah versus Bruno is a lot closer now than it was maybe before the season started for this game week two. In terms of my game week two transfer, as I mentioned, as long as nothing pops up during the week, I will be banking my transfer. Rafinha, Grealish and Tony, they weren't picked for just one game week, so they'll get another chance to deliver this weekend. And then nice and flexible for game week three with two free transfers and another week's worth of information Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. Please leave a review wherever you're listening and make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss Friday's episode. If you'd like to support me as a full-time fantasy manager, check out patreon.com forward slash FPL general where you'll get extra content and podcasts from me throughout the season and get access to my Slack channel. Have a great week, folks, and I'll talk to you again on Friday. The Athletic.